In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Tuesday morning, I woke up and turned on the NBC5 newscast to check out what the weather was for the day. And as the weather was about to be reported on, the anchorwoman interrupted the newscast and said that they had some breaking news. Apparently there was a teenager shot in the Albany Park neighborhood of Chicago, which is on the northwest side. Now, I wouldn't have thought about it, except for the fact that on Monday morning, the same thing happened. There was breaking news that involved death. It seemed that for the NBC5 newscast, the only breaking story was the kind that actually told us our world was, in fact, broke. Now, Jesus does something similar, but utterly different at the same time. Jesus does, in fact, interrupt our worlds our world, our lives, in order to tell us some breaking news. But his breaking news is that the broken world isn't supposed to be broke. Now, when the newscast went live from the scene, each time they reported from a distance. First on Monday morning, it was reported from a helicopter. And then on Tuesday, it was reported from down the block. Now, I understand why they do this, but the best reporting is always from the inside out and not from the outside in. See, Jesus, with his breaking story, doesn't stand from a distance to tell us about what has happened and how broke the world is. Rather, he actually participates in this story. He actually enters into this story precisely in its brokenness. Jesus were part of that NBC5 newscast, he would be the dead teenager. In the crucifixion, Jesus shares the world's brokenness by being broken himself. Sharing this suffering is exactly what compassion is for Jesus. Strangely, Jesus Christ, God and man, creator of the universe, actually knows what it's like to be hungry, thirsty, a stranger, naked, sick, and a prisoner. He actually knows what that is, what that's like, as he says in Matthew 25. Thus, in verse 14 of today's gospel lesson, when Jesus has compassion, he actually knows what it's like to be sick, and to be hungry. For Jesus, though, his compassion isn't just simply a feeling. You see, Jesus doesn't simply feel compassion. He actually does compassion. He actually does something about it. Now, the disciples, they attempt to do something about it, too. But unwittingly, They're still working under the same story. They haven't heard the breaking story of Jesus Christ. The disciples do, in fact, realize they're in a desolate place. And it's been a long day, and this crowd has no food. They're hungry. But the disciples' way of looking out for the crowd is allowing them to take care of themselves. 
The disciples still working in the broken world think this is just the way it is. They've got to go find food for themselves. The disciples, in a sense, they're, they're trying their best to provide the best care that they know how. But that's when Jesus enters into the story to tell a different story. Jesus breaks open their world by saying, they don't need to go anywhere. You give them something to eat. See, Jesus breaks into the life of the disciples with this statement, not to wag his finger at him, at them, but actually to share his compassion with them. The crowds don't have to be hungry, nor do they have to go to find food, because they're precisely in the right place to be fed. Where Jesus and his disciples are, there is Jesus feeding the crowds through them, through the disciples. So Jesus shares his compassion with the disciples in sharing what needs to be shared with the crowd. For the disciples, though, I think that they just forgot that the crowd and them are not that much different. Remember, the disciples left everything in order to follow Jesus. And this crowd left everything behind, including a plan for dinner, in order to chase Jesus into the wilderness, into the desolate place. The disciples lost the fact that this crowd was just like them. Thus, what applies to the disciples also applies to the crowd. Which means that Jesus now is working to catch up the disciples into his work in order that Jesus might use them to share with the crowd. So Jesus, doing like he always does, turns desolate places into an abundant place. Jesus, in a sense, says to the disciples, I understand the crowd's hungry and that you think you don't really have that much to help out. That doesn't matter to me. Jesus, knowing that the world doesn't need to be broken, gathers all the hurting bodies, all the empty stomachs, and all the broken souls, and he gathers up the five loaves and two fish. He gathers it up all unto himself, and he recreates it. He recreates it according to the way it's supposed to be, that he, according to the way that he would actually have it. In his mercy, in his compassion, Jesus transforms everything. Everything. He transforms the desolate place into an abundant place. He transforms the crowd, transforms the disciples, and he transforms the five loaves into fish. In his compassion, though, remember, it's not just a feeling. Compassion is actually carried out in action, in that transformation. And that's the breaking story. The thing is, though, our Lord continues to work in desolate places even today. He works in our world, a world where the only breaking news is to tell us that it's broke. He works in desolate places like our lives, 
where we don't see that we are to give something to eat. He works in those two desolate places, and he gathers them all up, up to himself. And he does that precisely at the altar. He takes our offerings, he gives thanks, and then he breaks them open. He breaks them open into something that we never would have imagined. He actually catches up our offerings into his work, transforming them. And then he gives us his body and blood. Unlike NBC's breaking story that only revolves around death, Jesus' breaking story actually involves the abundant life. Sure, the crucified Christ entered into the story of the dead teenager, but he doesn't remain there. He actually rises again. And using this new life, he begins to do something about it. And what he does, he does at the altar. Jesus Christ is here at the altar, ready to give his abundant life, his resurrected life, the 12 baskets left over kind of life. The life that has too much in order not to give. See, Jesus isn't going to go and send anyone away today to find food. Rather, he's telling us, the church, that he'll give everyone something to eat through it. And this all flows out of the altar. Last week I drew attention to the post-communion canticle. Now today I'll draw attention to the post-communion collet because I think it says it the best. We pray, we give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. Through the Lord's Supper we've been refreshed. Like those who ate, those 15,000 people who ate in the desolate place, they were satisfied. And so are we. Meaning that After the Lord's Supper, we're no longer hungry. We are refreshed. Through this salutary gift, salutary meaning that we've been made healthy, that we're put back together, we're made whole in the Lord's Supper. We're recreated according to the purpose that God would have us be. And then we continue to pray. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same. Implore you. Begging as only receivers can. We turn to God's mercy. Another way to say it is we turn to God's compassion. And as we turn to God's compassion, we don't beg for a feeling. But we pray for an action. That God would actually do something that he, in fact, would strengthen us through the Lord's Supper. Strengthen us in order for something special. We continue to pray, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. That's what's special. The Lord's Supper transforms us for something special, to live a life of faith toward God and in fervent love toward the neighbor. Fervent love, meaning a passionate love, an emotional love, or you could just say a reckless kind of love that's lived out, not in a feeling, but in action. 
This means that the Lord's Supper doesn't just simply end in us. But the Lord's Supper actually catches us up. Catches us up into the work of God. Thus, the Lord's Supper actually carries us on out into the world in order to reach out to the neighbor. But actually, in a very reckless kind of way. And that's where you give them something to eat is actually fulfilled. It's fulfilled in the love for the neighbor. The reckless love of Christ actually lives through us, through the means of the Lord's Supper, in order to bring people here, in order to bring them to the meal, so that they actually have something to eat. Jesus in the Lord's Supper actually takes all we have, just as it took all that the disciples had and transforms it into something that we would never have imagined. And that's the breaking story. Our Lord in the Holy Supper creates inside the church a compassionate love for the neighbor that actually does something so that when the NBC reporters report breaking news, it doesn't report on death, but it actually reports on life that they actually would report on a love that reaches out to the crowds and provides food for them, both in their body and in their soul. So as we're given the Lord's Supper in just a little bit, our life will be caught up, caught up into a greater work. That is the breaking story of Jesus, the one that shows compassion and giving to the world something to eat, both at the altar and at the table. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.